Today I interview nine-time Ironman athlete and accomplished triathlon coach Jen Rulon about the importance of strength training for endurance events, proper timing for carbo-loading, and her most recent experience as a TEDx presenter. Good morning, everybody. I'm excited to be back. Um, took a little bit of a hiatus, a break, so I could get some work done on my book, but we're back better than ever. I decided that I really want to enter into a phase where I am interviewing some of the people who I love and respect in this industry, and one of the first m names that came to mind is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jen Rulon, and Jen and I both live in San Antonio, Texas, um, and She's just, she's an incredible lady for a lot of reasons, but just to give you a brief bulleted overview, and then I'm going to let Jen take it away, um, tell you a little bit more about herself, but she's a nine times Ironman athlete. The lady is just incredible. I'm constantly in awe of watching her um, incredible successes with these events. She's also a coach. She's coached and motivated athletes not only to get their first triathlon, um, but some of them up to their third Ironman triathlon. Um, and she really does an incredible job of um, guiding her athletes to learn beyond the physical aspects of just doing uh, the training and the event itself. Um, she has learned how to structure life with the Ironman triathlon training, so really how to combine. I know that's a passion of hers is how to look past just the training and incorporate it with your everyday life, and I'm going to have her tell you more about that. Uh, but she received her master's degree in kinesiology with an emphasis in exercise science and started her business, jenrulon.com. Um, and you will also see some of her knowledge shared in Runner's World, Men's Online Journal, WebMD, and she was just most recently a TEDx speaker. I'm so thrilled to introduce you guys to the very sweet, very knowledgeable, and very strong uh, Jen Rulon. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jen. Thanks for having me, Cassie. Wow, what an introduction. I it, It's pretty crazy. Sometimes as a business owner, as an athlete, you just sort of sit there and you're like, oh, I need to do this better. I need to do that more. And I'm like, Dang, I've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, you have. That's so funny. It's so true. It's so true. We sit we sit down at our computers and we work and we, you know, us type A trying to make it better and better personalities. Um, it's it's pretty cool to sit back. You have accomplished a lot. Um have. and I've I've always admired you. I was thinking about it, you know, I moved back to San Antonio and started working at Lululemon, which I yep. think is where you and I first connected. That's co that's correct. Is mm -hmm. it? Okay. And yep. that was almost seven years ago. Has it been that long? <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Oh my goodness. Wow. We've done a lot, girl. <laughs> we have. That's, that's a lot has happened. <laughs> I, you know, in 2011, I started Fed and Fit. Um, yep. So that's happened in the last time. Um, we've just, a lot has happened. So it's, yes. It's pretty neat to say I've known you as long as I have, um, and any even cooler to watch what you've done with your business over the years. But I would love if you would take a moment to tell folks a little bit more about yourself, your background, um, and what you're up to. Sure. So, um, well, the cool thing is, is I am currently training for my 10th Ironman triathlon. Yeah, girl. So that is on May 14th in the Woodlands, uh, and... It's been an interesting journey just because I've really pushed this year more so. 
and I've come to realize that I'm not doing an Ironman just to finish an Ironman. I'm doing an Ironman to race mm. and do well in my, in my age group. So that's, that's the one part of, of, of my, of my journey is definitely Ironman, uh, triathlon training. But then, um, but then as a coach, um, this is actually my second career. So I left a uh, full-time job with benefits, you know, amazing job, and I decided I was done with it. And so I took uh, took a jump and started working at Lululemon and going back to grad school. And so I was really passionate about um, – coaching because I was doing I was doing triathlon coaching for quite some time. I got my USA triathlon level one certification in 2001. And then I would do all these races, I would coach people, but I didn't understand the why behind it. And I am a science geek from the very beginning. So I wanted to know what was going on with my body, what was going on with my athlete's body for you know, during the training. And so that's what made me want to go back to get my master's and just understand, you know, exercise physiology, you know, what's, what's happening when we're at altitude, what's happening when we're taking in too much nutrition or not enough nutrition, that type of thing. So, Mm -hmm. so I got my master's degree, um, May of 2012. And then, by November, I decided to, of that year, uh, by November, I decided to start uh, Jen Rulon LLC and then, you know, opted to go jenrulon.com. And I have been, you know, coaching triathletes, um, getting them ready for half Ironmans, Ironman triathlons, sprint triathlons. Um, but another thing that really puts me apart from a lot of other triathlon coaches is that I am a huge advocate of strength training. And, and honestly, Cassie, I don't think we need, um, a new ointment or (laughs) drinking water for the fountain of youth, because I truly feel that strength training is our fountain of youth Mm -hmm. and eating, obviously eating the right things. But I, I mean, cause I look at my pictures from 2004, 2001, or 2002 doing my Ironmans Mm -hmm. to now. And I am in so much better shape with adding strength condition, strength training for triathletes. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, you know, I had, I did triathlons, found CrossFit, drank the Kool-Aid, and then went back to triathlons. But what I loved about CrossFit is that it taught me the importance of strength and why it is needed for triathletes. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> every um, every Friday, I try to blog about strength training for triathletes and just you know what's important, why we need it, um, how you fit it into our our crazy schedule, especially as Ironman triathletes and half Ironman triathletes. So yeah, I um, so I feel like that's a little bit of you know I'm not your traditional triathlon coach. I feel like I have added an element of strength training to that. And I think a lot of people, a lot of triathlon coaches are getting on board, but they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a distinguishing factor, at least of a lot of people who I've come across. Um, and, you know, I'm in the I'm in the yogi CrossFit world, 
a little bit. Yes. And, uh-huh. and I've, I've dabbled in endurance events and I was in, I, I ran more so just running. Um, but I've, I did a lot of running endurance events before I was introduced to CrossFit. And then I mm-hmm. did a few afterwards and it was night and day just in my mm-hmm. kind of accidental mixed fitness programming. Um, you know, kind of unintentional to combine the two, but it, I was a much healthier athlete. My times were, were better. Yes. Training was much easier. Um, I didn't have to run as long or as far. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I just kind of passively observed. Um, and I just think it's incredible that you've taken that to just a, a programming level. Um, and it's awesome that you're coaching folks that way. I think it's really, really great and really important. And a lot of listeners here, um, you know, we understand, a lot of us understand the importance of strength training, um, but there's also a lot of women who are still new to it and still a little bit fearful, um, yes. you know, and have you, have you encountered any clients that have been a little bit resistant to strength training? If so, what's some of your advice to them or how would you describe the benefits? Uh, you know, for most of my triathletes that I coach, mm-hmm. um, they know the importance of strength training, but they don't know why they need to do it. Gotcha. So I think understanding understanding the, the whys behind it will help. Um, but when it comes to, yeah, but I do know women tend to get nervous of, of lifting weights because mm-hmm. they think they're going to get too bulky. And that is not it at all. The thing with, um, uh, the thing, if you're going to do triathlon training or running and then adding strength, you cannot have, you cannot be huge and you cannot run fast, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and that's basic exercise physiology. I should say run fast for very long. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause I look at sprinters. And some of those girl sprinters are just cut, but they do a lot of um, power lifting. They do a lot of Olympic lifting, but they're also, you know, their workouts are consistent of like 800 meter runs and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas in long distance runners, such as, you know, even a 5K, I mean, or half, half marathon, marathon, you are not going to get bulky by adding strength. Mm-hmm. Um, because you go out and run five days a week and maybe you get into the gym two times a week. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where a lot of athletes get scared um, or, or uncomfortable just because they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to bulk, bulk up. It's actually quite contrary, contradictory, mm-hmm. contradictory. You will not bulk up. Totally. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, it's almost like, I felt when I, I did, this is, this is not advice. I'm giving people just a disclaimer. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those do as I say, not as I do, but I (laughs) rolled out of bed one day, um, about a year ago and my sister wanted me to do a half marathon with her. Um, and I, uh, so I think the most I had run, you know, for what, four months, five months leading up until that point was maybe a mile and a half, Jen. Oh um, my goodness. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm a very yes person. So I was like, sure, sure you know, I'll help pick up the cones on my way in cause I'll be walking. Um, and it, I surprised myself. I was actually, I, I told myself I'd run until, you know, I would just listen to my body. Right. Mm-hmm. 
um, and pay attention to how I was feeling. Um, and at that point, I was I had fallen into a pretty great groove with CrossFit and with um, a yoga practice that I really love. Um, and that, but that was pretty much it. And before then, I had incorporated a lot more endurance events, but I had kind of taken a little bit of an accidental break. Um, anyways, and so in this event, I wound up getting my best time ever. Really? Yes. And and I'm not. I'm by no means a natural runner, um, but. I, you know, at least not competitively and, but I surprised myself. And I think that the secret weapon there was just the strength and the flexibility Mm -hmm. that I had been focused on. Um, and again, not, I'm not recommending that for people, but, um, I, cause I did suffer some consequences a few days later. Um, and that's the thing. It's the recovery that mm -hmm. kills a lot of us. It's, 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 yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Absolutely. That's, that's a good point. But I mean, I'm just, you know, just to really bolster even more what you're saying, um, mixed fitness, which is something that I actually talk about in my upcoming book. And also funny, you used, um, no special oil or fountain of youth. I think I referenced both of those words. That's funny. That's awesome. We're on the same page, girlfriend. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, just to, just to further solidify your point, I think you're definitely onto something and that's great advice for people to hear. Um, and quickly, I, I didn't prep you on this question, but I'd love to talk about recovery. Um, since you brought it up, but I think it's a good point to talk about if somebody is having a long time recovering or how much rest do you think is enough rest for an endurance athlete or somebody who's just really trying to get started and maybe they're looking at a, um, a Olympic triathlon as a goal, Mm. um, maybe one day an Ironman, but they're really just looking to get started. How much rest do you recommend for the average athlete? You know, for the, I think for the average athlete, if you're looking at to do a sprint distance triathlon or Olympic distance triathlon, what I, what the guideline that I will use a lot is that you do two swims, two bikes, two runs during the week, Mm -hmm. whatever your weakest event is, then you add an event. So if your bike's the weakest, then you go two, three, two, usually one day off is fine mm-hmm. for athletes. And usually Ironman athletes and half Ironman athletes will usually have one day off as well. But when I say a day off, I mean a day off. Mm-hmm. And that means that you are sitting on the beach. Maybe you don't have that option, right? Mm-hmm. But, or or you're, you know, you sleep in. My husband and I call it, it uh, sleep in Saturday. Cause that's usually when we sleep in, like we, sometimes the, we get up at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a, it is, it is a full rest day. We're not out there mowing the lawn. We're not out there, you know, running around doing errands with friends, going down to the river walk, you know, having a drink on the, on the river walk. Like we are truly at the house doing laundry you know, folding laundry while we're sitting, watching whatever, you know, a a cheesy movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't have kids, you know, so I know it can be hard, but there was one time I had an athlete who um, was getting ready for an Ironman and she's got two kids and I gave her, I think it was Sunday as a day off. Well, Monday she started her workouts and she goes, Jen, I'm so exhausted. Mm. And I'm like, well, what are you doing on Mondays? And she's like, well, we went to the zoo, we went to the park, we went here, we went here. So she was constantly 
in motion on her day off. So Mm. we opted to change her day off on a Thursday when the kids were in school and that she could get done stuff around the house and, and sleep in and take a nap and that type of thing. So recovery is such a key element, you know, and then, and then also the recovery, you know, trying to fuel your body, um, after a really hard and long workout is, is, is important as well. Yeah. And I would love to talk more about that as well. I mean, great advice on the rest. Um, and I really wanted you to deliver that point. Um, (laughs) so thank you. It's something that I've, I've touched on in the past, but, uh, it just helps to reiterate that rest day really means rest day. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean, for example, a lot of folks, um, in this vein are in the get 10,000 steps a day kind of group. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's great. But what I try to tell folks is that's good to get, you know, especially, you know, just to get up and moving in a general sense. Um, but if you've also incorporated rigorous weekly workouts um, in your training towards some sort of, sort of a physical activity goal on that day off or two days off or whatever it is, dial back those steps. Those steps are not just kind of like a free pass. They don't count against um, right. your efforts. So that's a great point, but I would, would love to also talk about uh, nutrition and recovery, using nutrition for recovery for, for recovery. Yeah, 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 for whether it's a, an intense training day um, or for an actual event. Um, <laughs> so you probably, you probably saw my Snapchat photo last night, but um, <laughs> it was a huge pizza. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. What I do um, for recovery, what I do overall for nutrition, Mm -hmm. I generally will count my macros. So, uh, my fats, my carbohydrates, my proteins. So that's generally what I will do. And I will get on my fitness pail and I will plug everything in. Um, usually if I have a hard workout on a Friday or a hard workout on a Sunday, I will use those days as refuel days. Mm-hmm. And that means that I can eat what I want because I have burned so many calories. So for me, I feel like my recovery nutrition is a little bit different than maybe mm-hmm. someone who is walking 10,000 steps a day, you know, as they're. Um, but when it comes to recovery, I tend to, I do tend to try to do the cleanness of it all. Um, but there are times where I will go to five guys and I will get a burger wrapped in lettuce and because my body's craving the protein mm-hmm. and then I'll get uh, fries because my body's craving the salt, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. Um, you know, it, it's terrible because as a triathlete and an Ironman triathlete, I do use, I do utilize those really long workouts to refuel my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may not be the best about recovery and food. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, with nine Ironmans under your belt and working on your 10th and you're still in incredible health and you're competitive, I would say you're doing something right. I'm doing something right, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's and, and some- like, and that's another thing, like after a hard, solid workout, I will take in a recovery drink within 30 minutes. And that's just your basic, you know, 
uh, a whey protein. If you don't do whey or milk, you know, you got soy, you got pea protein. Whey is definitely your best, but if you can't handle the milk, then figure out what type of protein that you need. But you need that three to one ratio, three three, um, amounts like of protein to one carbohydrate. So for example, maybe I'll take in a protein shake and then I'll throw some berries in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you're a big shake person, but, um, or, um, take protein if you don't have, you know, if you don't have a blender, but you're at the, um, at the bite, you know, mm-hmm. like you just got done with your run, but you're somewhere else, grab a banana or grab a piece of fruit. There's your carbohydrates and then take a protein shake. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you have to go to the corner store, you know, and get a muscle milk and a banana, there's your, there's your three in one. So mm-hmm. There's a way to make it work. Um, yes, and it has to be within 30 minutes after a really hard, intense workout to get that full effect to recover your body for the next round. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, and I think that's a good point to touch on, um, especially in this industry. I'm sure you encounter a lot of people who um, really strive for perfection, uh, mm-hmm. and and it os- uh, often yeah. becomes something that trips you up because if you're constantly worried about how to get the perfect yes. nutrition and replenishment, the timing um, and the types of foods, it can almost keep you from going. You know, I was talking mm-hmm. to somebody recently who was like, well, I didn't go work out today because I didn't have my post-workout recovery snack ready to go. And that's an excuse. It is, it is an excuse. It's totally an excuse. Um, but it's, you know, it's the idea of progress. It means so much more than the perfection. Um, you know, maybe a, maybe a bag of shredded chicken and half of a sweet potato would be like uh, nutritionally provide you with the great macros and some great micronutrients um, to help round it out. But that's just maybe not always feasible. So I think that's a great point to just make it work. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, my biggest go-to is Quest Bars, man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if if I always will have a Quest Bar somewhere in in my car, in a bag, I'll always have that. And um, if I get done with the workout and I and I know that I won't be able to get to my house until an hour later because I'm out doing errands, I will grab a Quest Bar. And it's not the fact that um, that I want to eat bars as a, a meal because I per- prefer to eat natural food, right. but there comes to a point that my body needs it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great point. I don't know if you've heard about these um, bars, but one of my favorite ones to keep in my purse and my computer bag and stashed in my car, it's uh, called RX Bars. Mm-mm. They are awesome. Um, I think that Whole Foods just barely started stocking them, but you can definitely order them online. And they're delicious. They have, um, they're made up with dates for sweetener. It's the only sweetener. Um, Almonds. And they've got egg white for protein. Ooh. Um, and, and then just a bunch of fun, really fun flavors. One of my favorite ones that just came, comes to mind is like their mint chocolate is awesome. Yeah. So good. Their blueberries are awesome. They actually inspired, I have a protein bar recipe that I'm going to include in my book, um, and heavily inspired by my attempt to make a homemade RX bar. Um, Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. It took, man, that was a labor of love, girl. I think I went through 20 batches 
of <laughs> bars before. Oh, trust me. I've tried to make some of your things and they do not look as pretty as what you you put out there. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I still remember you, I think you sent me a picture of the uh, the Almond Joys. I did. That's what, yep. <laughs> Not pretty, but darn good. Yeah, really delicious. <laughs> it, it's true. It does, it took some practice to get them to look a certain way, but that's funny. But anyways, no, I think that's great advice. You know, just try to get as close as you can. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, that leads me into another nutrition-related question that I have for you that I get a lot from people. So let's say that they've got an event coming up, um, whether it's a triathlon or just a, a maybe it's a half marathon or something, um, and they want to make sure that their bodies are ready for that event. And so a concept that comes around a lot is carbo-loading, you know? Yeah. They yeah. think that the day before the event, they should have themselves a big bowl of pasta or in my paleo world, you know, would be like a giant baked potato. Um, right. But when is the, what really is the important thing to keep in mind when it comes to preparing for an endurance, you know, game time event? Um, yeah. You know, what do you really need and when do you really need it? So those free pasta meals the night before, mm -hmm. a big no-no. <laughs> You need to eat uh, your, you need to carbo load at least two days out from your race. So, usually, if a race is on sa Sunday, you'll want to start doing that Friday night. Um, Friday afternoon is usually what will happen. And then, as you get closer to your event, that's when you start maybe wanting to pull um, the carbohydrate, not pull the carbohydrate out. You're going to have a little bit, but you know, take out, um, you know, the fiber as well, mm -hmm. um, not take in as much fiber. So yeah, the, those, the carbo loading is definitely going to be like on Friday night. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yep. That's amen, sister. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that I, there's so many folks who I think who do, when it does come, come time to the, the real race or the run, you know, a really heavy pasta meal the night before might terrible. Yeah. It's just not going to make you feel great. Yeah. And you know, and here's the thing. I don't, I am definitely not paleo, mm -hmm. but I don't, I generally don't eat pasta. Uh, and I will, if I do, it's going to be like a rice pasta or something or, or mm -hmm. quinoa pasta. Um, but generally I will eat rice, uh, you know, the night, two nights before, uh, and I just, it, it, because it doesn't weigh me down. I don't feel so heavy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I actually eat quite a bit of rice, polished rice, even white rice. Cause you yeah. know, it lacks some of those, um, anti-nutrients difficult to digest properties that are in the, uh, the hull of the, yeah. of the rice, but that's awesome. Okay. So taking a slight left turn, um, rounding out our conversation today, but, <laughs> um, I, you just prepared for and I felt like I was semi with you in your adventure Ugh. to prepare for this TED talk. Yeah. Um, you know, I've watched, I am one of those girls that, you know, I can, I can dive into a scientific journal like it is the latest thriller and I will sit down and watch TED talks like it's the latest Netflix series. Same here. You know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I'm in awe of somebody, as somebody who loves, I love public speaking. Um, yeah. I love deliver, I just, 
love what thought goes into delivering such a concise presentation. Um, and so I would love to pick your brain. I know it's, it does not just happen overnight preparing a talk like that. So what was the process like? And what, um, I know you, I don't need you to give the whole thing cause we can yeah. pull it up, but like, what were, what were some of the points you really wanted to make in that presentation? Yeah. So I would say it was like, it was last July and I told the Lululemon crew, I go, you know, I want to do a TEDx talk. <laughs> and they were like, okay, that's a good BHAG goal. And I'm like, yeah, well, it was crazy how fast it happened because I somehow got connected with a girl who did a TEDx talk. And so her and I were corresponding back and forth. Like I picked her brain was really much, you know, what it was all about. And I, I asked her, I'm like, what did you start doing? And she's like, I just went on, um, on the website to see where the talks were. And so, you know, cause you have the main Ted talks and those are, those are Vancouver, I believe, right. but then you have Ted X, Ted women, Ted youth. Um, and so I started looking around and all I started doing was sending emails and I sent it, I sent a couple to, um, I sent one obviously to where I was chosen. That was Texas Women University. I sent one to San Antonio. I sent one to another, um, I think Texas Christian University. And those were the, the three that I sent to. And then I, I heard back from Texas Women's University and he's like, what are you looking to talk to do your speech about? And I said, women athletics and just growing up, you know, being a woman um, and the challenges that I've had as athletics. Well, the crazy thing is, is that that was what I presented to them. That is not what I talked about. Mm. And, um, and a lot of people that I've talked to that have done TEDx talks have done that same thing. Like their ideas that they want to present this, but after they write, rewrite, um, it, it has come up to a totally different thing. So mm -hmm. I was actually accepted to Texas Women's University. That same weekend, San Antonio had a TEDx talk as well. And they reached out to me and said, hey, we're really interested in your story. Can you broaden this a little bit? And so I reached, you know, I did that. I reached out to them and they said, well, no, you weren't chosen. I'm like, well, that's okay. I got chosen at Texas Women's University. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was, you know, but I, from when I found out that I was accepted in December to March 4th, I was consumed by my TEDx talk. Every time I ran, every time I biked, I practiced my speech. I wrote, I rewrote. There was times where I would stop on the bike and type in my Evernote <laughs> about an idea that I had. I mean, my poor husband. <laughs> like, he heard he heard like the very beginning TED talk and then the very end TED talk. And you know, at first I thought I was going to talk about women athletics, but what I really dove into was my Ironman journey mm -hmm. and why I tried so hard um to seek my dad's attention. Mm. And, you know, getting that male validation, I guess you could say, from my dad. And because because here's the thing, you know, I grew up with a, a brother who played basketball, baseball, and football. Mm -hmm. 
and he was the star quarterback of the football team. So my dad had a connection with my brother in an instant. And it was it's crazy to see football connect men like mm, that. Yeah. And then here I'm over here, you know, playing base or I'm playing softball and volleyball and gymnastics and doing all these sports but not getting the attention of my dad. So then I thought, okay, well, I probably need to go extreme here. Hey, let's do an Ironman. Um is really what it came down to. So I talked a little bit about that and trying to get my dad's attention, but then um I realized that I have so many life lessons as an Ironman triathlete. And so I, in the TED Talk, I gave them three life lessons. Um, and then when I give my speeches, um, like different speeches, I'll, I'll do life lessons of an Ironman triathlete. And I usually come up with something that is equivalent to who I'm speaking to. So um, mm-hmm. I spoke to kids last week. And I came up with the Rulon rules of the life lessons. And it's like respect, understanding, love, original, and um, never give up. So, you know, I think, I think with my TEDx talk, I, first of all, I learned so much of my why mm. of doing Ironman triathlons and what motivates me. But the cool thing, what the cool thing is, is that. I realized that I didn't crave my dad's approval anymore because I found approval within myself. Oh, Jen, that's awesome. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that is. I mean, I've got chills. Yeah, I really did. Like I, you know, I crossed that finish line the first time and I thought, I don't need anybody's approval. I just did that myself. Mm. Like it, it, you know, and then the funny thing is, is like, okay, I'm doing, I've done eight more since then, but, um, but I also have different goals in mind. You know, I'm trying to get to the Ironman triathlon world championship in Kona. Mm. And so that is one of my life lessons is that goals are adjustable. Like I can uh, like, okay, you didn't qualify last year. Well, let's then try it for this year. And then if you don't qualify for this year, then you try for next year and, you know, things like that. So I learned so much about myself in my TEDx talk journey just because I wrote, rewrote, wrote, rewrote. I mean, it was crazy. You should see my Evernote (laughs) is just filled with TEDx talk number 5,725. (laughs) Man. And I'm sure with you writing a book, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, it is, it's funny how that experience mirrors so much in life. Um, and that's something, mindset, something we cover a lot on this show. Um, so this is not going to be like a new topic for listeners. But, you know, I think it's an important thing mm-hmm. to realize is often what you see printed online, maybe it lines the bookshelves at the Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the beautifully polished um, Ted talk that you're watching on Netflix, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it's someone's career. You know, you look at where people are and we often don't see or want to ignore or whatever it is, all of the edits that take place in the process. So yeah. And you know, this book similar, kind of similar to, to, it sounds like your adventure. But when I first started writing this book, it was something pretty different than what it is right now. Yeah. Um, and I thought that actually I had a very simple vision for the book. It was just going to be a cookbook and 
I was going to include, you know, kind of a brief overview of some of my food and fitness philosophies, but I wasn't going to get into too much of the detail. Well, hold on to your britches, guys, because I am throwing every single knowledge bomb I've got into this book now. Because That's great. Because while writing it, you ask yourself the question, well, what is this? How is this going to be useful? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the answer to that question oftentimes was it this piece of information or this tutorial or this explanation is going to make it more useful. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's just interesting how projects evolve over time. And sometimes it's a very painful process. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's lovely. It can be lovely and painful in the same day, in the same hour. Serious. Yeah, that's so true. You know, there was times where I'd be, I'd just be sitting in front of my computer just crying because I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't figure this out. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. You know, and it also is interesting. There's something to be said about endurance events that I love so much. And just even talking to you, Jen, makes me want to go look up a schedule and sign up for oh, one. Funny. Um, but uh, there's something about an endurance event. It's a it's a goal that has a timeline on, timeline on it and it's going to come whether you want to or not, right? Some right. of us have goals to build our business, but there's hardly ever a distinguishing factor. The book coming out is going to be a distinguished date, um, and I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a very emotional one when I when I am sure. there. But there's something about an endurance event that is just the culmination of so much effort. I remember when I crossed the finish line for my first marathon, I ran the Dallas White Rock Marathon, yep. and I I remember vividly at mile 17 I was like, you know what? If a if a truck comes behind me, I would I would ask for a ride right about now. Um and I didn't <laughs> think I was going to be able to finish it around 22. I found more energy and a better mm-hmm. attitude and I just and I finished it. Yeah. But I remember crossing that finish line. I will always this man has no memory I guarantee of me, but I will always remember him, the sweet volunteer standing there with one of those you know, space blankets to wrap you up. And I fall into the space blanket he had for me and I bawled on his shoulders for like a good five minutes. And he was just probably so weirded out. But there is, it's interesting when you, when you're trying to figure out why am I doing this? Why, what is, what's the reason behind all of this effort, all of this training and all of this time and the pain and the sacrifices that I'm making yeah. for this accomplishment. And you realize once it's done that you just did it for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe you don't even need a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, my ultimate favorite Ted talk is Simon Sinek's, uh, finding your why. Mm, I don't know if you've seen that I one. Have. It's, it's fantastic. And, and I think, you know, I'll ask my athletes when I first meet with them, what is your why behind doing this race? Because here's the thing, when it comes to Ironman triathlon training, half Ironman, you, ha- you sacrifice a lot mm-hmm. uh, and you ha- there are days where you do not want to train. You would rather sit uh, on the beach, sit by the pool with a <laughs> foo-foo drink, you know, go down the river walk and hang with your friends um, than train. And and if you found if you can find that why behind what you're doing um it that's just going to only help you help the journey so much more like i you know like you said i i try to teach my athletes okay yes you have to swim bike run lift and here's why and this is how you're going to do it but you also have to live a life you have to work you have fa- you might have family you have 
you know, nutrition, you have this. I mean, there's so much outside of the, of the, um, the physical aspects mm-hmm. of triathlon training. So that's brilliant, you know, and that's really how to make it last. I changed my life and my whole fitness scheme in general eight years ago, I guess. And the reason why it finally stuck is because I think I got to the bottom of my why. And, yes. and I, and I did exactly what you're saying. Um, I found a way to make it the way I lived, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't just something I was doing. It's who I was. Right. Um, so that's awesome, man. I could talk to you all day. Jenna. I know we could, we could, but I follow <laughs> no. you on Snapchat all the time and that's fun. It is fun. Isn't it? I feel like I have, um, some friends who follow me too. And I remember I caught up with them, one of them recently on a phone call and we were talking about how we don't call each other, hadn't called each other for a while. She's like, well, honestly, I'm following you on Snapchat and I feel like I talk to you every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's uh, so true. Um, okay. Well, before we close, I would love yes. just one, if you had a top two to three pieces of advice, quick fire advice for somebody who's looking to, maybe they're going from like, they've never run more than two miles before and they'd like to sign up for an endurance event. Do you have advice for somebody who's looking to really just get started and set a new goal like that? Ooh. <laughs> Isn't that a good question to just blindside it, you with? It <laughs> is a good end? question. <laughs> two or three tips. Um, Find a community that will help you out. For example, there's a lot of running stores, you know, here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, go to the stores and and find out where you fit in. You know, because they, they offer runs, you know, every Wednesday, Friday or Sunday or Saturday, you know. Go, so find a community that, is crazy like you, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think that's a, that's a huge thing. And then really, truly listen to your body as an athlete. Because I think when some runners start off, like you said, you know, they're going from two miles to 13 miles um, or half marathon or something like that. The body is genius. It knows exactly what you need and when you need it. And if you don't listen to what your body's telling you, then that is going to be cause for an injury or overtraining. Mm-hmm. So I think awesome. that that's my two tips. Those are great. Those are so wonderful. I wrote down the body is genius, actually. <laughs> it really is. If you see that come up in a book sometime this summer, just <laughs> know that you inspired it. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh my goodness. I'll give you credit. I promise. Um, that's so funny. That's great, Jen. I think what a wealth of information you have for people. Remember everybody, you can find Jen at jenrulon.com. She's also on all the social media platforms. If you really want to see, um, you know, it can be such a mystery, you know, what does it take to be a nine time Ironman triathlete? And what Jen has done is she's put herself out there so you can really follow along with her journeys. And to boot, she's someone who is, you know, really pays attention to the science behind the exercise physiology, the nutrition, and the importance, of course, of strength training, which is something that's so, so important. And you roll it all up into a wonderfully healthy lifestyle perspective. So I just... You know, Thank in summary, you. I just adore you, Jen. So keep Thank rocking. You. I adore you too. I, I remember us sitting at, I think it's when I first started my 
business mm-hmm. and blogging. It, it, well, it ha- like you said, it had to been how many years ago? Seven. I remember us sitting having lunch together mm-hmm. and just uh, pick, picking your brain, so to say it. So now it's like I have to like, you know, uh, I have to pay for your time. <laughs> <laughs> no, girl. There's, you know, you got a free all access pass. You're grandfathered in. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, it. man. Okay, you guys will make sure to check out Jen online. I will link up to all of her stuff in the show notes so you can find that and a transcript of today's show on fedandfit.com. Jen, thanks again so much for joining me. It's been an Sweet. honor. Thank you, Honor. I'm very blessed to have known to know you <laughs> and uh, be staying friends. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, you won't be able to get rid of me. I'm a painfully Excellent. loyal person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thanks again Thank for you. joining us. We will be back again next week. <laughs>